interaction. Canada Sportsbook. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. What is up, Oilers fans? We are back. It's your boy, Zach and I. Here yeah. to recap a loss. You know what? The Oilers didn't deserve the two points tonight. They played like they just had no interest in this game. And honestly, we would have appreciated a little bit more effort. You know, we get up. We have been on a little bit of a break. Zach and I have some rust to shake break. off. <laughs> a long bit of a break. But, you know, we, we get up to do the show. We, we try and fire up the crowd. And the Oilers just looked like they were still on break mode. Still, yeah. still in Cabo, still in Florida, wherever they spent their holiday. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what, what do you want to highlight about this game? Honestly? That was the most boring, atrocious, slow, run-down piece of junk hockey game I've watched this year. I, my eyes were getting glazed over. I'm trying to take notes. There literally were no notes to be taken. There was nothing going on from the puck from puck drop to 55 minutes left. There, like the effort was horrible. Like Leon Drysidle, oh my god! I saw they put up at the halfway through the game. They always had like eight giveaways. Leon probably had half of them. Which again, not trying to pick on him because every single player played like garbage but like Dude. leon and connor did not have it and the rest of the roster did not have it as well it felt like way more than eight giveaways right it's mm-hmm. midway through the game i just tweeted this entire game the oilers have just been handing over pucks pizzas turnovers whatever you metaphor you want to put it as they've just been handing it right over to the flyers and you could see that the flyers got up for this game Right, oh, they well, had jump from the from puck drop. The Flyers, they're playing in straight lines. They're hitting everyone. Doesn't matter if you're their all star Kevin Hayes or if you're Nick Sealer on the third pairing. You're they're smashing. They're hitting. They're playing with intensity. They're playing with pace. The difference between this the Flyers team and you know just a team you'd run into in the playoffs is the Flyers are probably putting that same like round one intensity into every shift, but they have no skill. So they make up for it with their hard work, right? Like how many chances did they create that they just completely flubbed, right? Part of that is the Oilers' just lack of awareness. Like, but you saw it in the missed passes. There were a number of times you just saw like, one that really stands out to me is like Ryan McLeod early in the first period, just looking around because he didn't know where the puck was, right? Like there were just so many plays that were just a lack of awareness, a lack of care a lack of pace a lack of intensity there was no tempo to the game like it just a ton of oilers you could see a ton of oilers just stretching the stick out bending over slightly because they're just out of reach not using their legs brutal passing just so many pucks that were high passes and it's funny like i usually we i want to sit here and i want to complain about the refs and the oilers didn't draw a power play they did not earn one power play the only thing i can even think of is the uh whoever on the flyers pulling nurse's helmet off and even then it's a 50 50 call right that one's tough right because he's he's trying to get around nurse 
and he he goes a little bit on he more he more hops on nurse's shoulders than around him so you feel like okay that's a tough one did he deliberately pull the helmet off but maybe not that's that's something that that that's not earned through their like a hockey play. That's right. just something that happens in the game, right? That's not like oh, they were working hard on the forecheck, they were cycling, they were creating pressure, and they drew a slash or a trip. That was just a a play that just happened. Like, that's yeah. not right. So the first two or three shifts of the game, right? That's when you when you think, okay, the Oilers are pushing, they're cycling. Hyman was great tonight. One of the few highlights. I think Hyman was especially yeah. good early on in the game and in the third period. You know, there were a he lot of score. times. He did score. Sorry, I cut you off, but he did oh, score. Yeah. Uh, a disallowed but goal. Uh, it's it's Zach Hyman, so it was disallowed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. here's the thing, right? There were so many in the first three shifts. There were so many chances. You, you saw cycle busting happening anytime the flyers took the puck back the Oilers stopped him at the blue line immediately started the cycle again somehow after like a minute and a half all of that shut down it's almost like the flyers got slapped in the face mm-hmm. and then decided hey you know what we have to start manning up here and they did and yeah. the oilers after that just stopped for checking stopped I-, I don't think they ever started i, re- I can remember Evander Kane, I think Warren Fogel had a few plays. Like the, to me, the standouts were Warren Fogel. Fogel um, was great. Yanmark played all, a decent as, as far as Matthias Yanmark goes. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> but the, the best player in the world is bar none was Stuart Skinner, obviously. Stuart Skinner, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Kept them in the game. Like he does, he full credit. They should, he, that is his point. That is no yeah. one else on the team gets responsibility whatsoever for that point. That point belongs to Stuart Skinner. He stole that point. They did not deserve to get the overtime. There was, I can't remember if it was Kulak or CC had the giveaway with like 20 seconds left, oh, right? Dude. And it looked, and Skinner comes and makes it a fantastic save. And you're just yeah. like, Oh my god, you almost blew it. And and even the earlier, like McDavid yeah, Hart was playing the Vesna Vesna Cannon. I guess it was a big Hart. deal. Hart and Skinner. I'm I'm proud to see yeah. two Edmonton boys well, I was gonna playing go, in the big leagues. Go. It's a big deal to have two Edmonton guys. I think it was it Southside Athletic Club versus like Sherwood Park or something. Yeah. I don't Sh- even know. Sherwood, Sherwood Park Crusaders, I think. No, no, no. It's a, a it's triple. I I can't, I can't remember. I, I live in Calgary. I didn't play hockey, so. <laughs> Anyway, you're right. Like 971 for Carter Hart tonight, 972 for Skinner tonight. But Skinner had all the five alarm saves. Like, yeah, Hart had maybe like three high danger chances that he had to stop. When the Oilers turned it on, it was like five minutes left. They're like, oh shit, we might actually lose. We need to turn it on. All of a sudden, they they come out flying and they have five minutes of like pretty decent chances. But it's like too little, too late at that point, right? Like at the end of the game. The Flyers, it looks like they, oh, yeah, they significantly have more. They had 17 high danger chances to the Oilers, 11. Uh, it looks like they were, it says they're even in the third period, but yeah, throughout the game, the Flyers just took it to the Oilers. They did not show up. I think they still thought, they thought this was a mountain start, 70 a mountain, but it was right. it, Eastern. It's like, it's weird because, you know, they, they played in Detroit. They already gave up the first goal in that one. So as soon as this first one came in for Philly, I thought to myself, hey, it's just going to be another one of these games. The other's going to bounce back. They're a bad team. Philly notably has a pretty leaky defense, right? Carter Hart is a great goaltender, but that blue line is not anything to write home about. 
No. Still, Edmonton couldn't crack it. I think one of the key factors for me was the fact that Philly, if you look at the heat map, they just were all up in Skinner's grill. They yeah. love to buzz around that crease, whack at them, get all these well, chances in front. Edmonton, I've seen better. This, Yeah, not a strong defensive game from Edmonton by any means. I thought Philly's defense, like, they played pretty well considering Edmonton. well. I have this thing, this theory, where when Edmonton plays uh, lesser opponents, they they just believe that they're going to outskill them 100 times out of 100, right? So they go and they just always try and pass it into the net. They try and make those plays. Like I think that's why against worse teams, it seems like Leon has these worst games because against Columbus, he did the same thing, where he's giving these backhand passes through two or three people, where yeah. you, against Vegas or Tampa, or you'll never see him do that. It you know, looked... He, it looked like the all-star game pass that he yeah, had, exactly. right? Like, just right to no one. Just guy was just full on lazy Leon tonight, which whatever. I'm not going to harp on that. There's a, again, a number of issues in the game, but just to watch, like even in overtime, like you could just tell they, they didn't have that magic that they normally have. Everyone was slow. Everyone was, it just was like a lethargic effort from top to bottom for 55 minutes. So, even longer yeah. and I mean, they, all, they lost the game they lost in the shootout though so that just like dampens it like even if they won i probably would feel the exact same way because i've said this before yeah. on the show and i'll stick to it a, a win or a loss in the shootout to me means absolutely nothing like it literally couldn't i could not care less about it honestly once we got past overtime i turned off my tv i was just checking the highlights of the shootout on my phone yeah, exactly. that's that was it because the the shootout yeah it's it's hard right i understand and this is going to be a long discussion if we wanted to get into it i understand the need for something to cut game short right there's broadcast schedules there's a whole bunch of considerations regarding logistics of teams but the shootout is just an absolute killer right like there's you could a talk about the momentum side of things if a team is dominating in the in overtime shootout kills all of that it just makes it a coin flip the Mm -hmm. second part is you could you could hear how loud that philly crowd was once once it got into overtime they were buzzing right but they were energetic for sure they were booing the flyers on every power play (laughs) Because yeah, that's the, true. They Notoriously were bad. Fifteen percent. I couldn't believe it when I saw that that they were only fifteen percent. I know the Oilers' kill looked pretty good tonight, but that's where I put that little asterisk because it was that Flyers power play. Just before we keep going, I just want to say what's up there. It looks like there's some people I don't recognize in the chat. Uh, Jarrell, Joe Hall, uh, Josh Khan, good to have you with us. McNader, awesome to have you back. No MGD tonight. Uh, Avery obviously was in here earlier, David W. But if you guys want to go ahead, hit, hit like button. Dennis and I haven't streamed together in what two and a half weeks now, something like that. It's been a while. Yeah, I feel a bit rusty, just like Leon. That's why I'm not putting too much, uh, too much emphasis on his bad play because we know um, he'll get it back. This is a, it's been a really a two game stretch of kind of underwhelming play from Leon and Connor. Even though Connor has two points in those two games, and this has not been normal Connor play. Nuge yeah. played good. Nuge had a couple posts at the end. Like Nuge, Nuge had some good chances with his line. I thought this was a better Costin game than we've had in you know some time. Costin has been pretty quiet. Uh, not yeah. that this was fantastic, but well, um, talking about Costin, right? Like he played, he, he played fifty fifty. It was a very depth type of game from him tonight. Nothing outstanding. We do know his. You know, his shooting percentage was really high when he first joined the team. So this is a little bit of regression to the mean. That's fine. Um, 
I, I felt bad for McLeod. I feel McLeod had a, a good streak going on for a little bit. Like he was buzzing, mm-hmm. especially that first, you know, couple of games. I just feel like McLeod right now is the depth that we this team needs. McLeod, Costin, Fogel, like you said, played great tonight. If these guys chip in like one goal a night and your top line gets you one, like the NHL, most games end in like a 3-2 game, right? So if you get two goals... Not with this team. (laughs) With this team, if you can get like five goals, you're pretty safe. There you go. (laughs) But like 3-2 is, you know, the standard score for an NHL game nowadays. And if if you're getting like one depth goal, one up, like top line goal... You just you just need a little bit more and you're there, right? This yeah. is the, the sort of game where I feel like we didn't deserve the two points. I'm glad we got the no one because, like you said, Stuart Skinner, he yeah he took the one for us. Uh, to, to be honest with you, this isn't a game I pin on the depth whatsoever. I thought the depth was fine. Like they're no. not gonna they're not it's not gonna be like Detroit every single night and they're not gonna go out and score five goals in the game and McDavid's gonna have one point like. A, I, and I, I'm never one to blame McDavid and Drysdale, and I by no means mean this in any disrespectful way. But like, the, for the Oilers to win, like you you expect McDavid to have two or three points a game, like, yeah. and, and that's a fair expectation. As crazy as it is to say, like he's well over a point, but he's very close to two points per game and on his career. It's like probably 1.6 or 1.7. You, you can expect that. And for him to not do that, it's fine. They'll, they lost the game and over time they take the point, they move on. You flush this down the toilet. You go to your back-to-back in Montreal and Ottawa. It, now those are matinee back-to-backs. They could lose both. They uh, could win both. I literally could not. I have no predictions on what's going to happen because you never know what games. team's going to show up. Yeah, but... It, it it just is what it is. This game, yeah, it's frustrating. It sucked the effort, but I know when push comes to shove on a Saturday night against Tampa, the team's gonna show up. This was a yeah. game where I, I I just could feel them not showing up. There's so much talk about what's going on at the deadline. There's so much talk about what happened in the last game. There's all these different. The Super Bowl is on Sunday. There's all these different things going on, and and and, and there's just distractions right now. So for them not to show up, yeah, it is what it is. I, I you expect it, and for them to take a point. I'm 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 upset that they lost, but I'm not like and I'm disappointed, but I'm not upset yeah. is what I should say. It's it's the parent thing, right? You you see your kid doing something dumb, and you go, "Hey, I'm upset. I'm I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'm not angry at you." And just you learn no. as long as you learn and move on. You know, I, I, don't do this again. I I do think I do think that this game is what is a very good reference point though. Uh, when you look back, when we were t- ten games down the road, looking at the trade deadline, because they obviously were on that like ten game heater, pretty much, mm-hmm. and I, it's not we we you know they could hop right back on it next couple games, but their d- defense, the defensive coverage was not good tonight. Stuart Skinner bailed them out numerous times. It, yeah. it, if you're getting a, a even nine hundred goaltending. I this could be a five one game. This could be a four one game. Like Philly had some really really, and if Philly was yeah. better at finishing, not even your goaltending. If Philly was better at finishing, this could be a the game could have been significantly out of reach. So and again, it it feels weird to say it, right? But yeah. Barry actually wasn't that bad defensively tonight. The five alarm chances were coming off of like the nurse CC pairing. Yeah, you know. they, they. I couldn't take CC. I'm I'm done with that pairing, man. Like they need to split off of that. Like CC's yeah. ice time has been slowly decreasing. It looks like he played 18 minutes tonight. 
Uh, yeah, CC and Nurse did just, they're not working. Dayarnay only played eight minutes. I don't think it was Dayarnay's best game in the NHL. Holloway no. only played 9.39. Later in the game, Woodcroft was kind of going back to McDry because he was desperate. It was after the Hyman goal was scored. So I, I kind of understand his theory. They scored a goal, get him back out there, see if they could do it again. Whatever. Still, even Broberg only played 13 minutes. Like it's, Isn't Dayarnay era were still like... 8-0-2 oh, now or something yeah, like yeah, that. He still hasn't still... lost in regulation in his screen. Still has lost. But to me, this is the game. This shows you. Like, dude, like Travis Sanheim is someone on Philadelphia who really stood out to me, right? You get someone like that on your back end who not only can contribute offensively, but can is also really effective defensively. That will completely change the complexion of your blue line. Right now, Kulak and Barry, to me, I, I disagree. Like, I disagree. I do not think it was... Barry's had a good season, and I'm a Barry detractor. But tonight, uh, this was not Barry's best night by any means. I did not think he played well at all. I didn't think Kulak played well at all, and and even on the numbers it shows. Like his Corsi four percentage, thirty three percent. Like shots for where his expected goals. You, not you know, Kulak great. Controlled thirty two percent of the expected goals. Uh, Tyson Barry controlled. Da, 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 da. Uh, he controlled like uh, it looks like 40%, maybe 55. Uh, he's the fourth from the bottom, yeah, 55 from the expected. Okay, so Tyson Berry, I don't know, so, to me, so. did not look strong defensively. Uh, I thought the entire there were there were blunders from every single one Bouchard, Broberg, Nurse, yeah. every single one. I thought, I honestly thought probably the best guy tonight was Bouchard. Just I know he had a bad giveaway. Uh, but they all had bad giveaways, right? So I'm not going to pinpoint on that. I thought this entire team had bad exactly, giveaways. I thought today. in transition, Bouchard made a number of really good plays. He took a number of really good point shots that resulted in like some of the few chances, chances. They got in front of the net. I thought Bouchard did a fantastic job holding the blue line at certain points because that's something Barry seems to struggle with, even though he has been really good uh, in the offensive end. I just think you're missing that key piece. I think this, the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the, like I said, Throw this game in the garbage. Like they said on, on the broadcast, throw this game in the garbage. I was just as lethargic watching it as they were <laughs> they, they were playing it. I didn't really take much out of this game. I don't think this is the team that we can expect on a day-to-day basis. We right. all know every single player on this roster is capable of so much better. I would take the defensive coverage, like the fact that JVR and Travis Konechny and you know, Wade Allison was making some of your defensemen look stupid. I would, you know, jot that down and make a note of that going into the trade deadline. Cause again, you got after now, we got 10 games left. March exactly 3rd. 10. Yeah. March 3rd. And after sun after Sunday, it'll be eight. It's fast approaching. Yeah. Deals are getting made. Vladimir Tarasenko in New York. Bohor vet to the island. The big dogs are out to play. This is the window. The Oilers. I, I believe they're still second in the NHL in regulation wins. They're the number one team in the NHL for scoring. They're getting better goaltending than I think any of us could have expected this year. Beginning of the year, yeah. Like <laughs> every single thing. They can have four 100-point players. It hasn't happened in like 30 years. They, they, they are so well off. There is never going to be a better scenario that lines up for the Oilers, the Oilers to go on a run. Colorado lost again tonight for nothing. They're your biggest competition in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Vegas does. Well, and they're banged up. Vegas is banged up. Vegas right? does not scare me. Seattle is, this is Seattle their second season. They lost they're again They're streaky today. as they're hell. Crashing yeah. back down to earth. This is the time. There is no better time to trade in these assets. You send them all out the door. I know on the broadcast they're talking about Reed Schaefer because I guess when you draft a fourth line left winger, uh, you, you, those don't grow on trees, right? You, you got to hold on to those. 
So I, I don't understand that. People are calling a Reed Schaefer. Send Reed out the door. You don't want to send Reed out the door? Fine. But there is a guy on the market right now who is absolutely worth the asking price. I don't understand this wildest insanity. We don't need Jacob Chicken. We don't need, you know, we also don't need, we don't need two number one centers, but we have yeah. it and it's fantastic. You, we we don't need someone like a Patrick Kane, someone like a Jonathan Taves. We don't need any of these guys, but I, it helps you get closer. I, I, those guys are so far down on my list. To me, it's Jacob Chip. It, Eric Carlson is also on my list. It's a defenseman, defenseman, defenseman. If they as long the as playoffs, the money works. I'm comfortable with the forward depth. You need to add on the on the defensive end, and you need to go all out. You think Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl don't see the exact same things that we do when you know? DeHarnay fucks up or Darnell Nurse. They, they might not say it out in the public, but they watch the game tape. They see exactly what we see. They know what their needs are. They might pretend like they stay away from everything. There are guys on the Oilers who see what is said on social media. Everyone knows what's happening. And we all know what the need is. We all know what the scenario is. We all know the window and the contract lengths for the two big dogs. If you save your assets and you don't go all in or you wait until the final year of Leon's deal and you go all in there, you risk blowing your assets all there and then you lose and then the two big dogs walk and then you're left with no assets and no big dogs. Exactly. You, 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 you got to do it. There's no, think, good, you're not, what are you waiting for? What? I 100% agree. I think here's the thing, right? The the asking price is also something that's a huge boon uh, this, to the Oilers right now because but, you saw today, right? Mm. Today, we saw what Tarasenko went for, and it wasn't a whole lot, the, right? Your star, star quality players, like, they aren't getting a lot for them right now. It's a buyer's market. Here's the difference. So, Here's the difference between the guy that the two guys that I mentioned and the two guys that have been traded so far. Contract. Now, True. those guys are UFAs. Those teams are under pressure to trade them. If they don't move them, those teams understand that they're losing them for nothing. Now, I know Jacob Chikrin requested a trade, but in theory, Arizona doesn't move him. Now, the risk with Jacob Chikrin is Arizona doesn't move him. He's unhappy. Something happens and comes to blows in the offseason. Then his, he has a no-move clause or no-trade clause at least coming. So then he'll be able to have a way a better impact of where he's going. I think mm -hmm. his no-trade clause kicks in July 1st. Um, so that's why I'd say they're under pressure. Let's say they hold on to him and something happens and he gets injured again. And I'm not saying he's injury-prone. Any player on any team could get injured. Yeah, but, don't talk about injuries as a slight against but, a player, right? No, but, but I'm just saying you if the why they're under pressure to trade him is, okay, you don't trade him, he gets injured again, all of a sudden all these issues start popping up and people are like, oh, well, now we got to wait again. And it's just rinse and repeat cycle. They got to be done with him. That's why I believe that they're going to move him. Now, you also, who are the other teams interested in Jacob Chikrin? Boston. Boston has Hampus yeah. Lindholm, Charlie McAvoy. Do they need Jacob Chikrin? No, no, but it's an you want him. It's he's an upgrade. 20, Twenty-four it's, years old. He's yeah. still getting better. He is an elite defenseman in transitioning the puck. He's very good defensively. Anyone who says he's not is wrong. He's like he's fine. He's 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 you, perfectly you, serviceable. He's better than both. Better than Nurse. That's what you should say. He's better than Darnell Nurse. And Darnell Nurse is our number one defenseman. He's out there in our toughest matchups and the toughest situations. You can put if you're comfortable with Nurse, you should be comfortable with Chicken. There is no there is no better defender that you could acquire. Not Joel Edmondson, not Radko Gudas, no one is better yeah. defensively than Darn than Jake Chicken. 
He's there a is, solid two-way defense. He right? lines up with your entire window, and he makes only $4.6 million. That, to me, is the key. You have him locked up. You're not getting him for one playoff run. You're not getting him for two. You're getting him for three. Why trade a first-round pick for 19 games of a broken Patrick Kane when you can get this guy? You throw in your – so you don't get a rental next year. You save that. You go in for this guy, and you have him for the next three years. He lines up with your window, makes everything work. Everything lines up perfectly. There's no better fit. I can't. These guys, obviously, there's going to be risk associated with trading for someone like this. These guys don't just come available. If he was perfect, he wouldn't be available. Arizona would keep him. Yeah, I, I think partially you're right. The injury, like the injury history of Chikorin has made it harder for Arizona to trade him. But he's come back and he's been on fire. He's right? been one of he's the played, best defensemen in the NHL. He's been a he's top played, 10 oh, defenseman this right. year. Yeah, he's been amazing. So this is the situation where you have a guy who had maybe a little bit of an issue and you've turned that with a little bit of patience and time into another asset now, right? This is, this is a guy now who comes back to the NHL and just lights it up, right? They're bringing hope to this Arizona team. So if you're going to sell as Arizona, this is probably one of the times when you'll sell him at his highest yeah, rate. And, and I'm, and the, the and if you're the price, Oilers, the rumored right. price, Craig Morgan put it in the athletic. This is Craig Morgan, who is associated with the risk is he's injury riddled, not worth. Okay, wise Kyle, here, let me tell you this. Were you worried about Zach Hyman when the Oilers brought him in? Because he had two significant knee injuries back to back seasons before the Oilers signed him. Like, there are risks with every single player. Connor McDavid had a potential career ending MCL injury uh, a couple years ago. Are we going to? Are, are, are we worried about ending. Connor McDavid? No, no, no. But that that was season ending. That was could have been career ending. That was a if it was bad injury. enough. Yeah, it, it was. It would have been at least. Did you watch surgery. the documentary where he where he, you know he didn't have surgery that he could have missed no, like no, no. eight months? It at its worst, it would have been surgery, and he would have never skated like the way he is right now. But I think, but remember, he naturally he needed, healed it. Yeah, but he needed surgery. But he got like four opinions and did this crazy training that no one's ever done. He was sleeping in hyperbaric chambers, and he was he doing, took the X factor. Yeah. Like, there are injuries with every single player. Uh, you can't not trade for someone because of injuries. Point out a player who is, like, a John, you want to get Jonathan Taves? He's out with his immune, he's out with a disease. He missed an entire <laughs> yeah. season because he was immunocompromised. Like, there are problems with every single player. You can sit here and nitpick. I, I'm not, yeah, Jonathan Taves has a hip injury right now. If yeah. he doesn't get traded, he's going to go get surgery. Like, we can't sit here and just talk about injuries. You get him and you hope for the best. Look at, this is the thing that I brought up to Dennis before the show. Before Tampa Bay went on their cup runs, they traded. They they had Sergachev and they had Hedman on two different pairs. You know right. what they did? They traded for the captain of the New York Rangers, making right. $100,000 more than uh, Jacob Chirkin is now. He's a little bit older, but he had an extra year on his deal. They traded two first-round picks, Mastikov prospects, and they did get JT Miller back in the deal, but that wasn't the JT Miller of today. That was JT Miller. I would put him more like Kyler Yamamoto kind of level when he was in that Still deal. developing. But, there were two first round picks plus 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 in that deal to for multiple players. And you think Tampa regrets losing out on those draft picks? No, because Ryan McDonough was instrumental, especially in one of their cups, and he played a role in obviously a significant role in both. He was a ca ended up being a cap casualty and they moved on. They drafted people like Cernak in the later rounds. I don't know if he was a third, fourth, or fifth round pick, and they pl plug and played and they've made it work. That's what the was. You send out your earlier picks. You should have the confidence in guys like Tyler Wright to be able to make those third, fourth, and fifth round picks actually count. If you, it, like, what's the point of employing someone if you don't believe that he can draft NHL players later on? 
Tampa, when was the last time Tampa, yeah. like Tampa traded two picks for Brandon, first round picks for Brandon Heigl. We should be in the yeah. Tampa discussion. Keeping our picks does nothing. They well, literally will not help us. Here's the situation, right? The the one thing that Tampa is willing to do is take risks, right? Because okay. if you don't take risks, you know you're not going to get anywhere. So they they take the risk sometimes, like the Hagel deal. It's they're still up in the air about that. It, is that He's on a pace risk for that was seventy worth points it? this year? Yeah, but look at that division right now. If you don't take risks in that Metro division, you are absolutely screwed. Well, well, look, right? Like, yeah, it's the same in oh, the sorry, Atlantic conference. division. I, like, I agree with you. Because look at the Western Conference. The Oilers were good enough to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Now put their D on paper against Colorado when they're fully healthy. Yeah. Bakar, Byram, Gerard, um, um, guy from Josh Manson, Eric Johnson. Like, one through six, they destroy Edmonton. De- Devon Taves, like the, obviously you you want to get got you you two guys that are available that are top pairing quality earlier. You, would you rather pay the price that they were asking for Mackenzie Weger or Devon Taves cost two second round picks? Absolutely. But the fact of the matter is, this is who's on the market. This is the best player. This is what he costs. It's yeah. honestly not that crazy. Two firsts and a second. And if they don't want to take money back, Pat Verbeek has been a, Pat Verbeek might as well have Oilers season tickets. Whoever <laughs> he's interested in someone. Send, pay them more assets. Send them guys out the door. Get rid of contracts. Honestly, like, holding on to this does nothing. And then, and all we're doing is disappointing our fans. When they, if we don't make it, I know you want to jump in, so I'll let you go in a second. I've been talking my head off, but we're disappointing our fans. We're disappointing the players. Like again, you have four guys on pace for hundred points. You need to reward them. McDavid and Drysdale are going to sit here at the end of their contract and say oh, they never went to help us at all. We did. We gave them our blood, sweat, and tears. We did everything we possibly could. And what did they do for us? Nothing. Hmm. What can someone else do that for? do for us i don't want that conversation to ever happen i want them to think that the oilers gave them every single possible opportunity to win every team in the position when chicago's players were young they went up they got marion hosa they got dustin buff or they drafted dustin buff but they had they went out and they made additions and i could go back and yeah. make it look pittsburgh made it i mean i wanted to bring in this point from Doki way way earlier sorry, up in sorry, the conversation <laughs> uh dude Doki mentioned times like this i miss players like pronger pronger came in and he boosted this oilers club to that cinderella run right shame how it ended if that's how it ends with chikrin that's fine too but for so many years we had to just look at that run and Mm -hmm. wish we got back to there right now we're on the cusps like you mentioned we are top four in the league last season and i absolutely agree that they have to make a splash at this trade deadline if if they don't if there's just minor additions like another depth defenseman like a kulikov like previous or if it's like another fourth liner a a sam lafferty (laughs) as people in the media have been prone to, to say it it doesn't show confidence like you said to the players to the fans your first round pick means nothing we are in a win now mode. Like Reed Schaefer he, he, last mm-hmm. year, we drafted him, and now the value of that pick has gone down. Right? If we had traded that first round pick, it would have gotten us a lot more than right now, where we have Reed Schaefer and I'm, and are trying to deal him. If well, if they, that's they, the case. I don't think they are. I think they 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 love Schaefer and Stoff has gassed him up. They they want to hold on to Schaefer. Like to me, obviously, just to talk about Pronger for a second. Pronger is like 
way better than Chicken, oh, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but I just want to make that. I don't want anyone to think we're saying Jacob Chicken is uh, is uh, Chris is Pronger, Pronger, right? Because he's because he's not. But he still would be probably the um, best defenseman on the Oilers. Like you said, he's one of the biggest names in the market right now. He's the best defenseman on the market, and he's lined up perfectly with your window. He's cheap. He's cost-effective. Like, you're, the salary cap picture next year is not getting any better. They're going to be just as cap-strapped. Yeah, they won't be in LTIR, at least as of right now. We have no clue what can happen between now and the start of next season. They need to sign Bouchard. They need to sign Ryan McLeod. There's a ton of uh, things up in the air. You, no one knows. So the time is now. It's it's now. This is when you have to go all in. Just another uh, fun little fun little tidbit here between Daki and Lindsay. Uh, read Gagne as Gengar and got very confused. Hey, you know what? <laughs> the Oilers played like ghosts tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so if if that's if this is the way that this team is gonna play, uh, then yeah, we shouldn't be buyers. We might as well start folding, guys. But we know this is not how the Oilers operate. And they have, what, like four games now? Uh, well, three games. Ottawa, Montreal, and Detroit to come up. Yeah. Well, Those here, are... here. Look, I just want to address something that Wise House said in the chat. What's wrong with Nyquist? He'd be trading cap space now uh, for a good player in the playoffs. Yeah, Nyquist. If, if you were to go out and trade for Gustav Nyquist, I'm fine Gustav Nyquist too. would go on LTAR. But the difference is if you're, going, if you're getting him to put him on LTAR and he doesn't count against your cap, sure, go out and get him. But that should not impact anything else whatsoever. Like, you shouldn't say, oh, I went out and got Gustav Nyquist. Uh, I'm so not going to go I... out and get a defenseman. I'm not going to go out and get these other forwards that you're talking to. Because he's going out there. If he doesn't count against your cap, then he doesn't count against your cap. That's just icing on the cake. But I don't want people to sit there and go, oh, wow, Gustav Nyquist is our big addition to the deadline. Because that's not big enough. Right. Again, you got to... I, I, the way I'm trying to think of it is I'm trying to think of it from the perspective of McDavid and Drysaddle. If they see when they see a, a Kulikov come in or um, who like a Brett Kulak was really good, but again Brett Kulak was a second round pick it's in a the middle sleeper, of the he, you know? he was good and he's been good, and I'm not saying it's bad. Uh, it's not Sneaky it's a, it's a supporting pick. move, not a highlight move. Yeah, but I'm we're trying to make a you need to make a highlight move. No more support moves. No more fourth round picks for Jared Smithson. This is not you both. No we're, better we're not, chance. This we're is not saying get a yeah. If, we're not saying you, get, get a big name and then don't get any of the supporting if, defensemen, like supporting wingers. Do both. If you oh yeah, Mo's gonna be our deadline acquisition. Oh, <laughs> no, Jesus. uh no. But if you this is this is it. This is the best chance you get at a cup. That's it. There's no what? better chance. And, and it, they might resign and they might stay. And in four years we can have that thing. Oh, we don't have any assets. Okay, let's wait a year. Let's recoup. But you you need to approach it like this is the window and that's it and you reevaluate in three years. Yeah, you, you have to live in the now and that's why I'm prepared to send all the assets out the door. Imagine, imagine, imagine a situation like again, Boston interested in Jacob Chicken. You know who else is interested? The LA Kings. Imagine LA gets Jacob Chicken, stabilizes their blue line without Drew Doughty, without Victor Arvidsson. They brought the Oilers to seven games. Now, did the Oilers play their best all the time? No, like that. That's a wild series, whatever. Imagine there, Jacob Chickren is shaking the Oilers' hands as he's moving on to the second round, and Connor McDavid sitting in the dressing room saying, why, why didn't Ken, why didn't Ken yeah. do that? Now, it's a and, lot of what-ifs, but that's a very real possibility. It's entirely real. Here's the one thing that throws me off about L.A., right? We knew that they were going into a rebuild. They have managed to pull off one of the fastest rebuilds that I've seen in a long time. You know, we were thinking that we'd have to wait for guys like Dowdy to retire, right? Kopitar to retire. 
and then they could finally come up as this new reinvigorated LA Kings. That's not the case. I, I can't remember who retired in the offseason for them. It's one of those guys that just was a grinder, played a lot of games for them during their cup runs. But a lot of their guys that were good are still on the team and they're providing this transition in a really good manner. So if they if they go all in now, I wouldn't be surprised. I still think there's a more of a likelihood that they're conservative buyers. They get a little bit of addition. Oh, and I'd that's be furious. That. I'd be so furious. I'd be more mad than I have the end of any single Oilers game this year. I think. Oh, no, the Kings said, would be conservative oh, I buyers. Oh, I, I, no, I think the Kings are going to go and try and do something for sure. You think they'll be big name buyers? I think the Kings are good. They're, they're going to, they want a defenseman. They're a very realistic landing spot for Jacob Chicken. They have some, one of the best prospect pools in the NHL. They could absolutely make a good package for Jacob Chicken, right? Yeah, um, more more realistic than I'd say Boston. The New York, you know, back in 2018, Oof. five yeah. years ago, they were rebuilding too. They sent out a letter to their season ticket holders. They did the whole sh- the whole spiel where, oh, we're going to rebuild whatever. They kicked it around so fast. Now they went out this and they got Vladimir Tarasenko. They, they, didn't they rebuilt. Assets. They paid assets to send out. They took off Sammy. They got Sammy Blay. They retained, they retained on Tarasenko. You make the cap work for you. If you have mm-hmm. to pay to send Pugliarvi to Anaheim, I don't if you have to make anymore. a three-way deal, yeah, do it. Toronto did it uh, with uh, what is it? Nick Foligno. Toronto, like yeah. everyone does these deals where oh, you send them, you retain an extra twenty-five percent, you move on. I I understand. Okay, like you're talking wise guy, you're talking about Taves. Taves makes ten point five million dollars. Fifty percent of that is uh, five point two five. So you send him to Arizona. You they retain fifty percent, or Chicago retains fifty percent. Sends him to Arizona, retains another fifty percent. That's only two point seven five million dollars. Taves' actual salary is only like two or three million dollars. Arizona would only be actually paying in real dollars like two hundred and fifty grand by the deadline. Like there isn't many games left. You can make creative deals to make yourself get captures. Thirteen teams in the NHL are in LTIR. The New Jersey Devils right now are in LTIR. It says they have about $2 million in projected deadline space. And they're the, one of the number one rumored destinations for Timo Meyer. His cap hit $6 million. Even if the Dev- if the uh, the Sharks retain half, that's a, still a $3 million cap hit. Money still needs to be moved around. Every single deal, there will need to be creativity regarding the salary cap. It's not an excuse. I understand the Oilers are dollar in, dollar out. I understand <laughs> that philosophy. But move the dollars out somewhere else just move them do whatever you got to do balance your budget however you need to if it means honest to god and i know people might not like this if it means attaching a carter savoy and i know he's a good prospect do it but you do it because carter savoy is he going to be impactful in the next three years that's exactly my thinking if he's a second line player in four years now i'll be sad but also, yeah. I'll be looking at my picture of Connor McDavid holding a Stanley Cup on my wall, and I won't care <laughs> that much. That'll be it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, here, here's the one thing that is a little bit dicey, right? You have some major decisions to be made coming up, right? You you have a lot of guys going after this offseason, going into free agency. You're going to have to re-sign a lot of guys. And Ryan McLeod's one of them. Evan Bouchard's one of them. You know those guys are going to make a ton of money. Also, on the LTIR side, Clefbaum's coming off. Smith's coming off. Um, Those are going to be padding that you don't have into next season, right? Mm -hmm. So these are things that you have to consider true, but... You look at things like, you know what, if we need to give away a guy 
just because that's fine if we end up giving away like like a fogel for nothing fine but right? Fogel's, okay well fogel was a scratch in the playoffs last year so yeah. let's not so i hear all these people talking about fogel's the type of guy you want to have in the playoffs he's physical he was scratched for like the entire colorado series he was a no-show and i and fogel's been great the last four or five games but the thing is fogel's so streaky and so inconsistent he it won't make a difference it Set- won't make a difference if you give a guy away fine right as long as it helps you with that cap space make your team better which is why and this is where i wanted to go uh, to close the show yeah we mentioned a little bit earlier it was in the chat <laughs> yamo's coming back mm-hmm. i don't know if he's going to be our deadline acquisition but he's going to be coming back off ltir we got to make money on him or we got to make money Room. off the team yeah. in order to get him on um the reports are Holy RV, who was scratch night, he's gonna be going on waivers. Mm-hmm. And can I, can I say with that? Yeah, as sad as that is, you know, I wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay, yeah, two things. First, I see Wisecal saying Tyler Tulio is my trade part, not Savoy. Yeah, sure, send whatever prospect. I don't yeah. care. Uh, other thing, Wisecal says Lucic and Sekiro off the books next year too. So yeah, there is space. You will do. You do have stuff you need to sign. Uh, Loomis has watched the Fogel slanders. Oh, okay. I apologize. But that's pretty <laughs> We got to do what we got to do. Um, but yeah, um, sorry, Jesse Pugliarvi. That was nice. What happened right. to two weeks ago? Frank Saravelli saying there is a trade in place for Jesse Pugliarvi. Did you not see that? I don't where, know. Where did that he, go? Here's the thing, right? Is it in place pending Yamo coming back? Well, but, but why who not knows? just move him then? Like, who cares? You, yeah. He's even scratched. You it clearly would be... are so done with him. And yeah. I am, frankly, so, so, so sick of talking about him. And I, I love yeah. the guy. But I'm so tired of addressing every time I bring up bring him up being like, oh, I love him. So no. So, just, just whatever. If he goes on waivers, he goes on waivers. I don't care. I All I want, all I care about, just get his cap space off the books. That's all that matters. And take that and... space and use it. Get him somewhere where he wants to play. You know, that's the other thing. It's good for you. It's good for the player. And, 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 yeah. Just and can I just finish say, it. The Oilers also, even like they paid a couple of picks last year. They moved arguably the worst active hockey player in the NHL with term left over $3 million to Arizona last year for a couple of picks and to move back in the draft. And they still got Reed Schaefer. Like you can move a guy like Warren Fogel. Yeah, you might have to attach some picks. But you do it in order to make your team better now. You suffer in the long term, but you suffer while you sit there and we we can all suffer together while we're at the 10-year ceremony and the anniversary of the 2023 Cup running team, right? Like, yeah, this is it. If you this fl- is it. if you screw this up, there's going to be a documentary made called How Did You Screw That Up? And it'll be about the 10 years of 2015 to 2025 where you had McDavid and Saddle and you absolutely Secret. did nothing. Secret Base is going to have a video out where it's just like the dynasty fell. Worst failure in all of pro sports. Yeah, it's going to be like that Ottawa video, you know. (laughs) Here's here's the situation. You're right. It's it's time to go for it. And as harsh as it feels, right? Like, as much as I dislike Vegas and the way that they go about in the off seasons, on the trade market, you know they're trying to win. At all times, number one priority is to win. And they've they've had some rough seasons like last season with the injuries. This season, you know, that Eichel splash doesn't seem like it's working out. He's not scoring. He had a good goal tonight. 
Let's see what happens. Tonight and they, they, blew it, they blew Minnesota out of the water tonight. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think everyone in Vegas wanted a little bit more oh, absolutely. from him. They, abs- they still do. I, I know he had a good goal tonight, but he is disappointed so far in Vegas from the Vegas people that I follow. Yeah, so it seems like all of the moves that they're making, they don't always hit. But they're trying. And exactly. I don't see fan bases, I don't see fan bases going for management's head. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you try, as long as you aren't as long as you aren't doing stupid things like yeah, exactly. signing Koskin into this 4.5 is the or whatever. <laughs> as long as you're there. as long as you're making things reasonable, it's fine. If you're mm-hmm. giving away guys for free, like it doesn't make sense like to to give away star players for free but if if it was to make a move work people tend to forget and like you said when you're first yeah in the division people try and f- they tend to forget you know they're like ah, like, eh, well it's fine to me, if you're looking at okay we again we could trade a first for like the asking price i would not pay this in a million years the asking if you're if you're like i want to go all in i gotta and blow your assets on a gaver call for a first round pick. okay no. yeah see that's stupid but like they're all we know they're like we know the asking price for Timo Meyer. Now I'm not I'm not saying to go get Timo Meyer. You don't anybody be nice. Absolutely. This, you don't need Timo Meyer. Yeah. It's not gonna work. There's this, player, this is an NHL 23, yes. right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. We, but we like can't there's get one guy who is like the most perfect fit. It's literally taking a twenty you're taking a 2017 Oscar Clef bomb off another team and you're plugging him right into your roster. Like Ken Holland in his last interview said, Oh, I can't just go down to the hockey store and get an Oscar Clef bomb. <laughs> yes, you can, Ken, because at a store, when you go to a store, they don't give you stuff free. You gotta pay for stuff. And right now, front and center on this on the shelf of the store is Jacob Chicken. He's sitting there, they're charging a high price but you go in that store and you fucking pay for it you gotta go and do it so that's go out you get it right yeah that's my piece i could have this conversation all night and i'm sure we're gonna have this every single game we do coming up the march there there's 10 more games guys so and you better hope jacob chicken is traded i doesn't matter where before this otherwise this is just gonna be game over chicken i mean here's a little tidbit right like yeah we we have something in the works for a little bit of a trade deadline stream. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're they're thinking about Are you gonna that? be a part of it? Gonna damn well try. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? It's all it's all hush. It's all mm-hmm. hush hush. No one no one send this to Andrew, Steve. Dennis Jesse. is the leak. Dennis is the leak. <laughs> but something in the works. Mm-hmm. Similar to the and NBA one today. Similar to the NBA one today, which I mean, if you're a Raptors fan, ended up being a little bit slow. But oh my god, the Raptors fans I follow are not happy. <laughs> they, they, I feel like I'll be like severe in a very similar position to them three weeks from now. So, but there's some plans out there, mm-hmm. and if we talk about this all the way until trade deadline day, that's fine. All makes for good content on that day. But you're right. If it goes earlier. Boy, that helps us in our chance to try and win this Pacific Division. We got three easy games, and then we got a little bit more competition in like your New York, your Colorados. Those guys are going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, I think eventually we're going to be playing Boston. So I'm excited. They get. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited. But if we get it now, I'll be happy. If we get Chicker now, I'll be happy. If we make a move at the deadline, I'll be happy. The only thing that's inexcusable for Ken Holland is to just stand pat. 
And and what like I see a lot of people saying is never underestimate Ken Holland's ability to sit on his hands and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the man is known for his patience. But you know, how amazing would it be? Like this is in the chat. We don't really need chicken. Renegade oh, no. man. We just went go back and watch the last 20 minutes. Renegade God. man, th- you know, thank I, you for I, being I, here. Oh. <laughs> we spent like 20 minutes talking about no. chicken. You know, there's uh, there's no. Tampa didn't need Ryan McDonough, and they went out and got him anyways. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Go and watch there's, it. And, yeah, there's sorry. nothing more after, you know, all of Oilers media, all of Oilers social media, after everything that we've talked about, if the Oilers go out, they get Chikrin. If it's at a great deal, even better. You know, we don't have to get the two firsts and a second or whatever. If it ends up coming in cheaper, that'd be amazing. But how amazing would it be for Chikorin to come to the Oilers and then for Ken Holland to win a cup either this year, next year, whatever it might be, and ride off into the sunset? Because his contract is expiring too. And he's like 60, 68. He's he's not re-signing as GM. Like um, maybe Brad Holland becomes GM. Who knows? But yeah, maybe the best thing for Ken, everyone says this, but the best thing for Ken Holland's legacy is to leave Edmonton with a banner in the rafters. That's it. And yeah, I just, we we could go on about this forever. Let's save some for next show. We're going to be back here. (laughs) <laughs> on saturday right so let's, yep. i just want to say one final time to everyone in chat seems like it's pop it's sort of popping off guys hit the like button i appreciate Lindsay, some stranger joining us late daki renegade man even though i vehemently disagree with you looms this <laughs> himo man thank you for coming by i hope to see you at the trade deadline stream Shh, never said that uh mick nader wise kyle cousin jimmy Lindsay, black mascara joining us late from germany uh, David W, everyone for coming back, coming and hanging out with us once again. It's been forever since you've been on the stream. Started out slow, started out like the Oilers. Definitely were a bit lethargic. A rusty. We picked up about halfway through. There was no looking back. Uh, we, we, yeah, that was good. That was fun. It's it's going to be a fun one uh, this weekend because we're going to be hyped up on our first, second cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, the next game is against... The Ottawa Senators, and it's a real early matinee. Mountain time, 10.30 puck drop. We'll be here. Hope you will be too. Mm-hmm. That'll be it for us tonight. Oh, Zach, did you have one more thing you want oh, to go I was going to say, have a great night. Have a great night. Zach, where can they find you? We haven't done this in a while. Oh, yeah. You can find me at Z- ZWheel97 on Twitter. Um, yeah. Dennis we really haven't done you. Yeah. We really haven't done this in a while. Uh, Dennis Lee, Y-E-G on Twitter. Thank you so much for being here. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. Cheers, everyone. Have a good night. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.